Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to Pretending With Dice. As always, I'm your host, AJ. Uh, I'm super honoured to be joined for today's interview by a returning guest, uh, who listeners will have heard previously on our Dragon Meat 2019 Roundtable episode, uh, Richard of the D20 Future Show. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Um, I say not too bad. I mean, we're, we're in the middle of, of the third of... <laughs> Who knows how many lockdowns? So. Yeah, the situation continues. <laughs> I, I think we all say, all right, as as if it's a bit of a question. I think that's, yeah, that's pretty a, much what we all do now. There's definitely an asterisk next to that if it was written. <laughs> all right, yes, absolutely. considering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so for for listeners who may not know, um, I've been kind of sort of starting all of these uh, th- this new interview series with this. Uh, why don't you give a quick rundown of what your podcast is about for, for our listeners, um, just as a sort of... A quick intro for for what you're all about and all that. Uh, the D20 Future Show is uh, is an actual play podcast. We play the tabletop role playing game D Future, and then we and put it out as a show. And sometimes we're an idiot. So it's quite hard. Uh, the the magic tends to be that I write quite a cis campaign, then my players are wallies throughout, and we enjoy the tension. I feel like yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a bit of a universal experience of the of, as a DM. I, I can definitely attest to that. Of like, okay, I've got this. I've got these big ideas. I've got the storyline and everything, and then it, players come into contact with it, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh no, oh, thing- <laughs> this is not going the way I thought it would. <laughs> I, I do at least anticipate it, so uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that gives me a bit of an edge, and I'm not too emotionally interested in the the, the serious nuance layers. And mm. I, I say that as if this latest campaign has any. Uh, we, we are currently working through a superhero campaign. Uh, we are, I say, I am live hacking the D20 D20 mod who uh, works as a superhero, which probably is completely the wrong way of doing it, but it is what we're doing. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big undertaking to learn a completely new system, really. Uh, it is. It, it's something we do a fair amount, actually, on the show, is play different games. Mm. Uh, we've uh, we've had at least one guest GM, but often it's just we, uh, I have a new game and, and we try it out. Uh, so we've played the, the starter set for the Fantasy Flight Star Wars mm. uh, with uh, with with my wife as one of the players, which was a, which was a nice change. Um, that was a system I have to say I didn't fall in love with the system, but I had a lovely time doing it. Yeah, um, and I am uh, this is an exclusive only if people care. I'll get to play the uh, the Expanse RPG. At some point, fairly soon, uh, I want to bring our current D20 Future arc to a close, and then we're going to switch over to The Expanse, which game that I backed on Kickstarter, and so I promised myself I would definitely play, mm. and really good, and I, I've been playing it a little bit through lockdown, and it's, yeah, it's really great, so I'm excited to play the written Kickstarter campaign. When uh, when we get started on that, yeah, I am. Um, that's actually not the first mention of the Expanse RPG that I've I've heard up through doing these interviews. I think Fiona of um, what am I rolling brought it up. I think um, it did. did I, I don't know if this was um, something that's been announced or not. Did you you played that with with her as a group? Did you? Or yeah, I, I ran uh, an adventure I wrote during lockdown uh, for the What Am I Ring crew. Mm. Uh, I I have no idea when it's going out, so I, I don't know if this if if this, I'm, uh, I'm I'm announcing something that is yet to be announced but uh yeah we, we had a really good time uh play, playing um it, it remained yeah just really x system creating really tense kind of i i i've tended to run these inches as sort of you start with a ratchet of tension and then you just keep ratcheting it up until something breaks <laughs> i think that's a fun way of running a game though just sort of see what's the point where the players will go Wait, 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 wait! No, no, no! You know, <laughs> yeah. What 
at what point do they realise that things are really bad? Yeah, uh, and how yeah. will they cope? Yes, um, <laughs> we, we uh, yeah we we played a yeah as I say an adventure I'd, I'd written during lockdown and run for. Uh, I, I because I was furloughed the lockdown, I had the luxury of a lot more time than mm. I normally do to prep. So I, I wrote adventures, which I, I probably I'm sort of been trying to train my to do less prep because I'm not sure it's that better for all of the extra prep that I do. There's kind of, there's kind of a balance to be had between like okay, am I going to prep everything or am I going to prep an outline and then just roll with the punches kind of thing. It's a yeah y- yeah, and, and I'm a bit guilty of writing box texts and um, you know statting up every NPC that they might possibly meet and taking things in a series of different directions mm. w- without anticipating that my players might do something completely different anyway, at which point I've been <laughs> all the prep. Or, or that the box text, it, it just sounds like I'm reading, so it's it's no, it's no serious than if I kind of vaguely know the sort of thing they're going to say and I, and I make it up. So, mm. um, yeah, as I say, I'm trying to train myself. But having done that, I then wrote down these adventures that, that, that I'd played with with a group online to just sort of work them up and then publish them in or publish is a strong word but on the the expanse gm facebook group mm. for other people to run yeah it's definitely a system like i mean you, you i think when we last spoke which was um i guess when we were doing the online jason statham's uh big vacation game for dra- yeah. yeah the online dragon you you'd you'd mentioned about the expanse then and i think i said i've just started watching the show like i was you know, I'm years behind in it, and um, I'm <laughs> I'm a little bit further in now. I'm, I'm towards the end of season three, so I'm, I'm getting there. But um, yeah, I'm definitely ex- I'm definitely interested in picking up the the game at some point because I've I've you know now that I've sort of deeper into the show and that, and I've, I'm hearing good things like I say from yourself and um, Fiona mentioned it and that, and it's sort of it, it keeps popping up as a sort of you know thing in whether it's on Twitter or something. I keep going, oh, they have the Expanse RPG. That's another person saying about it, so. I feel like that's that's going to be very shortly making its way into a shopping cart somewhere. <laughs> but uh, well, I I don't think you'll be disappointed. Mm. It's uh, it's it's a it's a really good system. Um, I, I'm not hugely familiar with the adventure game engine, which I think it's called. Although I doubt my first because I got it wrong when I interviewed Chris Pramus, uh, who wrote the game. <laughs> so that was or, or who owns Green Ronin and, and had a lot of input to it. So that was was a bit awkward. Yeah. But the the AGE system, mm. uh, which is Based on 3D6, which was first developed for, as I understand it, the Dragon Age RPG, and has been applied to Fantasy Age, to uh, Modern Age, uh, this uh, the, the new Modern Age kind of. I'm not sure whether it's a system in and of itself called Threefold, which is sort of uh, gliders uh, adventure where you're travelling to different dimensions all the time. Okay. Um, and there's a Will Wheaton wrote a, a science fantasy set. Um, which is the campaign was called Ashes Volcana and oh yeah uh, no I watched that Titan's they did a show of that didn't they Titan's Great they did yeah, yeah. Um, so that that uh, I I have a copy of that somewhere but uh, that's uh, another system that it uh, that the the engine has been applied to so there's, there's a few out there and if you've played any of them I think the uh, they, it's relatively easy to pick up yeah yeah God, I haven't thought about I haven't thought about Titan's Grave for it's got to be it's years right because that was. That was way it back was a in long the day. time ago. Yeah, yeah, um, long before a legal dispute started between Geek and Sundry and Will Wheaton, mm. um, which is why there's been no more Titans Grave. I did kind of wonder because it seemed like they put a lot of resources into that at the time. I mean, this is completely off topic of <laughs> yeah. Let's say your own podcast, and I've got I've got easily distracted. But it felt like it was like a big production at the time. There was like art and everything, and 
fully studio produced and then they did like five yeah. six episodes and then nothing else sort of thing so yeah i, I understand that there is so i, I have the campaign uh some I, I have not had the chance to run it but the um yeah there is another book that is prepared uh i'm not entirely sure what of but as a source book of some kind but mm. until this legal dispute uh, essentially who owns it is resolved then it can't be published so um yeah it's always it's always awkward when sort of copyright issues come into 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 the play on these things. It's um, this sounds like you know sort of complaining about stuff that's none of my none of my business really, but sort of it, it tends to kind of keep things from reaching the consuming. Sort of like you know interesting properties get tied up in legal disputes for years, and yeah, it's an odd. Yeah, odd, absolutely. It's, just, it's, a, it's a shame that we can't have a nice thing because mm. people are trying to decide who owns it. When in fact, there's, there's, you know, I'm sure a large collection of people who'd happily hand over money when they work out who it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, how on earth did we get onto that? Oh, uh, we yeah. were talking about <laughs> the expanse, and I started talking about the other Green Ronin games yeah. that are out there. Um, yeah, uh, because ultimately we we run a few different games on mm. the D20 Future Show. Uh, we have we've played a bit of Fifth Ed. Um, which was funny because I think an awful lot of people, Fit Dungeons and Dragons defines role playing. As, um, I had not played until this campaign, mm. um, which uh, which uh, we we still playing a couple of years ago, I think, and we kind of we we jump in and out. It, it gives me a break as the GM, which is quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so George, one of our cast, uh, he DMs, and I, I have a, a, a rogue character um, because. Rogues are really straightforward to play, as far as I can tell. <laughs> so uh, that's great. You try and get sneak attack damage, and you put numbers into decks, and that all works for. Me. Yeah. yeah, as soon as you yeah you're running around trying to get advantage, and then after that you the enemies die is basically essentially how rogues work, as far as I can yeah. tell. Yeah, <laughs> you you roll all the dice you're you're uh, you're allowed to, and then you say the amount of damage, and the GM how much crosses things out on on their, their bits of paper yeah it, it's good that you've got like a kind of built-in thing then where you can take a break like you say i mean it's um you know something to go back to every once in a while i mean that's that's got to be um i mean again speaking as, <laughs> as the majority of the time dm on pretending with dice it's um i never get to play as a player essentially <laughs> so yeah it's yeah it, it is it is pace. lovely to get a chance to play and a bit of injured pace and i, I think in honesty, one number of my cast human with my diet of science fiction role playing. <laughs> really, they want to play fantasy, so it's sort of you know one one for me, one for them. Yeah, and yeah. That, that sort of that sort of works. Yeah, it's it's always. I mean, because we we've done a sort of similar thing of kind of jumping between systems and um, of you know settings and things. I mean, we, we've I'd say most of ours have been. I guess are kind of jumping back and forth as we do because we started with D and D. We did a kind of couple of episodes of um I was I guess not particularly popular. It was a fantasy flight one, but it never they kind of put out the four books and then you know, I've never ever ta- seen anybody else talking about it called End of the World, where you basically play as yourself. And it's like almost impossible to get hold of it anymore, even from Amazon and stuff, as far as I can tell. Um we did two episodes of that, and then we did more D D, then we did Star Wars, and then we you know, it's sort of so a bit of jumping back between sci fi and um sci-fi and fantasy yeah it's, it's interesting to sort of see I, I always feel there's like a bit of a disconnect between me going yeah now i want to do star wars and then a couple of people and i'm not again not naming names or anything but you can always tell there's some players are more interested in one thing than another and that so it's yeah 
bringing them along for the ride is always the uh, <laughs> not the challenge. I just want to, you know, we're all out here to have fun. But um, I don't know yeah, quite what I'm trying e- to say. Exactly. This, to be that. <laughs> but whatever it is, I think I agree with you. Yeah, it, it's on it. I mean, it is the kind of thing that comes up with with some role players and not others. Which is there are other systems out there, guys. Let's let's play some other things. Mm. And uh, while it can be hard work learning to to run a new system, learning to play is usually not that difficult. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's just in the context that I I learned to run a system, and learning to play anything's much easier than that. So if I hold a couple of different systems in my head, run then. Surely, with a character sheet in front of you, and it, which is essentially role playing, and then what dice do you roll, and you'd usually look for big numbers. Yeah, you know, yeah. Th- th- that is a rocket science. We we need to resolve a thing. It's time to roll the thing. Um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm always keen to try other systems and have people try other systems because there are there are more interesting different things out there. Mm. Uh, which I should hasten to add should in no way says that I don't think that D and D fifth ed is a pretty good game because it's it's a really good game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am in fact. This evening, I am running uh, a, a a group of people through Storm King's Thunder. Nice uh, as a as a, a fifth ed, and we're having a really good time. And it's yeah, it's a really good system that flows really quickly and easily. And and you know, mm. I've got a lot of nice things to say about it. But but it isn't the be all and end all. And I I like other things. Yeah, I mean, it's and in de- particular, I like sci fi. It's, it's definitely a system that I've I've seen. You know, through talking to you know a lot of people, it seems to be that that seems to be the sort of um, in the in the kind of minds of most people, that's the kind of default. Okay, it's like oh, you role playing. Yeah. I've played D and D, and then people branch out from there, sort of thing. So yeah, I, I mean, I think half the battle, not half the battle, as if it, you know, I'm not trying to change hearts and minds, but you know, opening the door to sort of um, other systems is is kind of a, um, you know, that's that's something that should be done. I think quite a lot, but you know, more more often than it is, because I think a lot of people kind of get involved in it and think that D&D is the whole thing you know it's like oh we're playing D&D and if you're doing something else it's like oh you're doing sci-fi D&D it's like no this is a it's similar it's a different thing you know maybe you should try it you know sort of thing so it's I mean that's part of the reason why on here I kind of had an idea of when we started of like okay we're definitely I want to start with D&D but I want to do all these other systems mainly because I've already bought the books like some kind of order that i am um <laughs> need a reason to run them but yeah it's um yeah it shouldn't be the be all end all basically yeah um no no and I, I do have a number of games on shelf that i've never run not entirely sure i ever will but that's <laughs> you know yeah that's the way it goes and that's partly because when when we go oh what are we going to play next i uh we i often reach for a, a grant how it one page rpg because they're always fun, and they require basically no work to, to run and mm. to, to learn. So that those, and then we we stick to things. No, but I have uh, the what's old is new science fiction system, and uh, I bought the Mecha Hack. Cause I'm a sucker for uh, walking robes. Um, I have those <laughs> both sitting there, me thinking, I don't know if I, if and when I'll ever run those. Yeah, I've got a couple of books on my shelf like that. Of like, oh, this looks really cool. I'm going to back the Kickstarter. I'm going to get all the stuff, and then they arrive and they go on the shelf, and I go. Uh, I don't know anyone who will play that with me. <laughs> so yeah, I, I feel the um, I feel the pain there, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but yes, I mean, speaking of the one one page RPGs, then I mean, you you were kind enough to invite me to um, join the uh, session of um, 
Jason Statham's big vacation that you ran for um, the digital dragon meet this past year. It was a lot of fun. I, I mentioned that I, when I spoke with Fiona, um, we talked about it briefly again there, and I think we both agreed it was quite a break, breakneck speed, I think was the term we, we used for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, when I run it, usually I think, oh, 45 minutes to an hour, that's fine. And so we had an hour, but of course I hadn't taken into account the the that we would be doing some introduction mm. and introducing ourselves and then we would also do plugs at the end and that we had enough players that it was quite a lot of chaos <laughs> so we we didn't move from one scene to the other quite as quickly as I was used to and I think we spent it was it was we got to the half hour mark and we were still in the first scene and I think we were still trying to decide whether or not Jason had jumped out of the helicopter or not. And at that point, I was thinking, we are going to have to ramp up the speed here or we're never going to get in. Yeah, there was... Because you're supposed to play four scenes and we only actually managed three. I th- I'm trying to remember how it ended. Were we in the art gallery section or something and there was a sniper? Yeah, so there was a sort of pop-up art gallery that had been set up in Butlins in... Um, where, where was, oh, was it? Was it Slough was it? or Stains It was or Slough, like Butlins, that? that's right. Uh, which had managed to hire the Mona Lisa. <laughs> as you um, do. So, as, as you do. And, and that was... So that was the 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 final scene, uh, and the denouement was as Wesley Snipes uh, shot at the group and missed everybody, but exploded Jason's <laughs> enormous bag of cocaine. Uh, it descended into a cocaine field dance party, and I think that that's where we landed. I mean, what a the, better, what better way to end a, a session? <laughs> as soon as it happened, I I, I realised that we had our ending, and it was all going to be fine. Yeah. But yeah, in between, things had to move really fast. I I got to uh, I got to play the private security that was um trying to trying to keep Jason's you know as safe as humanly possible, and I th- I believe I got to do like a cool bodyguard no dive at the end there. Yep. I, yeah, I think I yeah. think that was very much. I think in front of the bullet, uh, you uh, you dived in front. Um, you also, I think, worked really hard to get him out of the glass sphere that was rolling underwater, in which he was slowly drowning. Yeah, and I think did I start drowning while trying to do that? I can't remember. Or did uh, I get very shot? Possibly. Oh God, I got bitten by a shark or something or other. Um, I, yeah. Either way, listener. Um, yes, it's every bit as mad as it sounds. <laughs> it is just the best game, uh, and uh, the the show is available on our YouTube channel. If if you want to watch AJ being the security guard, uh, who has uh, it was three important powers. The first of which is these hands are weapons. The second is <laughs> these weapons are also weapons. And I'm not sure I, I think I the that skill one, actually. I don't, I don't think you did. No, but no. the the one you used the most was extraction. Yeah, uh, which we. We stressed the uh, the meaning of extraction at various points. <laughs> I, di- I need to rewatch it. It was a lot of fun, though. Um, I'll definitely have to head back over to your YouTube channel and watch it. I, w- I was wondering whether where the VOD ended up actually. So that's um, that's good because I was I say I was thinking about it the other day. I was thinking, God, yeah, yeah I mean, we are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's fair to say we, we are not at the point where Twitch will allow us to keep our videos up forever. But uh, mm. I. I think that one I just downloaded from Twitch and then uploaded to YouTube. But I, we now, when we stream, we stream to uh, my, my Facebook, mm. Twitch, and to YouTube. So it's, uh, it's archived at least somewhere. It, it is now archived, yeah. which means we've got content for our YouTube channel because Always for helpful. an awful yeah. long time. <laughs> well, we, we put we put our, our audio podcasts up and then nobody watched them. And it was just another job I had to do whenever I published an episode, and I have stripped away the ones that got absolutely no traction because no one is paying me to do it, and if it wasn't achieving anything, then it was just hassle I didn't need. 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I put our episodes up on, well, I guess, I guess it's kind of still my personal YouTube channel, although for the last longest time, the only things really I've been putting up on there are the audio versions of the episodes. And um, I pretty much just, yeah, like yourself, I'm sort of not seeing a lot of traction through putting um, episodes up on YouTube. I know I'm not saying zero, but compared to where we everywhere else we put them, it seems like YouTube's not really the place for just pure audio sort of podcast at least maybe I'm, I'm not i'm not i'll be the first to admit i'm not great at self-promotion i'm not great at putting our stuff out there but yeah i um there's, there's a lot of what you say there is kind of ringing very familiar um well the, the last episode we put up has a total of 10 views mm. um and, and that was the point at which i decided that for the the time it takes to import the audio input the picture that i'm going to use upload it put the description on all that jazz 10 people it was not worth it mm. um uh, i did i did get one email from uh, what i can only assume is our super fan saying you're gonna put the rest on youtube where's the rest uh, so I, I i just shared him with our google drive folder with all of our episodes in because i i wasn't going to put them all on youtube just for him mm. but if he hadn't found podcasting then you know there is yeah uh, so yeah. <laughs> uh harold our super fan has has access to all of those now I think I will call that that super fan VIP access. Then getting direct access to the Google exactly. Drive. I should probably yeah. charge for it, and then maybe we'd pay for uh, for better hosting. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, talking about platforms, then I mean, where did you start with um, the the D twenty future show? Has it always been sort of because um, I guess you, you've got the sort of Podomatic page. I saw, but it, so it's always been up just generally on kind of iTunes and things. Or did you? Because I know a few people sort of started on SoundCloud and then for one reason or yeah. another kind of moved away from that i think well i i'm a, a hardcore podcast fan mm. um i think it's fair to say i mean right now i have uh, i'm doing quite well because i only have 26 unlistened to episodes in my <laughs> podcast queue um so uh that's that's episodes i have many more than 26 podcasts i listen to <laughs> i think uh so podcast platforms seem like the obvious place mm. when uh we, we went for the journey of we're having fun. It would be nice to listen to this back. Maybe other people would like to listen to this uh, to, through to me publishing as a podcast, which, because I owned quite a lot of audio gear already, wasn't uh, wasn't an incredibly long journey. Mm. Um, but I I thought, well, I wonder how podcasts work, because lots of people have podcasts, and many of them don't seem, you know, don't seem to be tech geniuses. And uh, and so I did a bit of work, and then Podomatic, I, I can't remember why I settled on them. Um, it it may have been they offered the, the largest free hosting at the time or something, but w- whatever it was, I, I picked them. Uh, we also had a SoundCloud presence, but again, I think only Alid from our cast listened to it on SoundCloud. Mm. So when he found a podcast app that he liked for his phone, we had no listeners on SoundCloud, and uh, all, all I would get is alerts from uh, people claiming to be record companies telling me that uh, they like my sound and that I could guarantee <laughs> me downloads. Uh, yeah. So uh, the uh, the SoundCloud I think still exists, and we have we put trailers and stuff on there so that there's an easy accessible link. But but otherwise, yeah, we, we've stopped with that. We stopped with YouTube, and it's it's just available on on uh, all of your good, neutral, and evil podcast platforms. Mm. So how how long have you guys been going now? I, I did uh, I say I did um, take a quick look. I mean, you've got to be what three and a half, four years now. Yeah, it must be something like that. Um. Uh, yeah, uh, I I be, because because they they don't archive on Podomatic. 
Um, I'm not entirely sure because mm. we we have a certain amount amount we're allowed to upload, and after that, I, I I delete them to make room for the new episodes. Right. Yeah. But sort of minute, they got like a set uh, um set storage space sort of thing. Yeah. 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 A, a set storage and a set bandwidth. Although we we've never troubled the bandwidth. Hmm. I think when when we first started, um, I I kind of went. I, I took the plunge on um, on Podbean getting like an unlimited plan so that I wouldn't have to worry about that. Um, mainly because my previous podcast, which was called Sup Dude, <laughs> which is um, it's long gone, but I've obviously similar thing. I've got all the files on my computer still, but I wasn't going to keep paying the hosting. We went for a slightly cheaper option still on Podbean, but it was, I think we had 100 megabytes a month of storage space like it would keep all the stuff archived on there but we could only add 100 100 megabytes of data you know new data onto our stuff mm-hmm. um and i was sort of looking at when we started this and going oh you know how big's an episode going to be well i don't know how long they're going to be i did some file size things and i thought well if i'm putting them up every two weeks like the plan is i'm not going to you know i'm definitely going to be hitting that 100 megabyte thing so it's it's a tough decision, I think, setting them up of sort of how how deep into it you want to go and that. And um, I must say, I haven't really looked at Podomatic as a as a service, to be honest. But um, yeah, that that said, I don't really remember why I settled on Podbean to begin with. To be honest, <laughs> you know, I might yeah, literally I, have just googled podcast hosting. It might have been the first one that came up, and I went, "Oh, that seems a reasonable price." Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think having had a relatively you know modest ambitions, which uh, I, I think it's fair to say we, we kind of meet about how many people would listen and so on. I, I never thought I could justify spending money on it. Mm. Um, so I had to find one. And, and so we, we have a certain amount we're allowed to keep up there and I delete the old episodes and upload new ones. Yeah. And that yeah. seems to work. And I, I, obviously I, I keep an archive on our on our Google folder, which apparently is able to uh, to be accessed by VIPs. Mm. Um, and that so that, that, that keeps us kind of archived, but, but otherwise... And that was originally one of the reasons why we, we put things on YouTube is because it could get, they, had, they don't have a limit, it would seem, as to how much you can upload. Oh, yeah. You or at least if we were, we weren't coming anywhere there. close to it. So yeah. <laughs> um, so it would kind of be archived forever. But, um, yeah, as I say, it, nobody listened to it. It was hard work. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, it, I think I have a sneaky feeling that I didn't use Podbean because I'd heard of them and in some kind of hipster uh, kind of instinct, I thought, well, I'll not use the, the best known one. I'll try somebody else. Uh, but I, I now live in fear that should I have to switch podcast provider, I'll do that thing that podcasts do when they have some kind of glitch, which is that you look down at your, your phone and you see that there are now 200 episodes on your phone and you think, oh, which podcast has had a, a problem? And you see their entire back catalogue is now sitting on your in your podcast queue and you have to delete them all yeah it's the same it's one you've already listened to and they've they've tweaked something or other and it's gone oh no you haven't listened to these then <laughs> yeah so I, yeah. I, I i live in terror of having to switch over i suppose what i hope is that we will reach the point where we start to trigger the bandwidth problems and there are enough people out there who might be prepared to uh, mm. give us a dollar on patreon that i might be able to to afford the uh, the hosting yeah but, but- um for now, it's safe to say then that so when episodes go up, it's kind of a limited time sort of li- limited time thing then for people to kind of grab them before they're before they're gone for the unless, yeah. unless they've got the VIP access. That is, yeah, and it, it's a fairly ephemeral thing. Although if you are desperate to listen to one, by all means, email me and I'll I'll you know I'll share them with you. If you if you care enough to get in touch, then you're bound to want to listen to them enough. Mm. But uh, so June twenty twenty is the uh, is the oldest episode that I can see available. So. 
it's a limited time, but it's a decent length of time. So yeah, you got a good. If you haven't months. listened by then, then um, yeah, that it is possible that you didn't you didn't care enough. <laughs> um, so to sort of slightly change gears, then, so um, mm-hmm. you guys have been going, let's say, three and a half, four years, maybe. What what kind of as a group sort of drew you together, or, or sort of made gave you the sort of push to go? Oh well, let's start podcasting. Let's let's start recording our games rather than just sort of playing at home. Well, I, I, as I, as I kind of hinted, the, the 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 kind of the distance between us starting to play and it turning into a podcast really was might have been three or four sessions. Oh wow, that um, it, it was really really quick. It just after our first session, uh, we. My first couple of sessions, someone said, oh, we should record these and listen to them back. Uh, and I, I put out an iPod. Uh, it's an iPad, I think. Yeah, put, a, put out an iPad and press record on Evernote mm. um, because uh, the voice memo at the time limited you how long you could record for, but didn't tell you. Uh, I've been burned on that a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but, but Evernote will record for it for as long as you want. Um, so, yeah, I put that out and recorded it, and the sound quality is pretty terrible. But we recorded the session, and we we all had a lovely time, and and I shared it round, and people had agreed that it was that it was funny, and we'd had a good time. And somebody suggested maybe other people would want to listen to this. Uh, and as I say, be, being a really kind of quite an enthusiastic podcast fan, uh, and what I listen to kind of changes over time. But I've 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 been listening to podcasts for yeah for I don't know ten years or more, mm. uh, kind of quite seriously. Uh, used to be lots of science fiction podcasts. Uh, I just say science fiction, short fiction podcasts. Um, whereas now it, it tends to be lots of uh, role play game podcasts. But that's you know, just as your interests change, these things change. Um, uh, and yeah, ha- having gone, yeah, I think we've got something that's worth putting out as a show. I stuck up a couple of uh, of microphones that that I owned, plugged into a laptop, press record, and uh, yeah, and we kind of haven't looked back. Hmm. Mm. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. You say like, like you say, you're already into podcasts. It's not the biggest leap to go. So I'm going to put one out. That was that was kind of where how I got into the whole scene as well. Really, I mean, like I say, my previous one, uh, Subdude, it was it wasn't really tabletop related, although we did occasionally. You know, I mean, I say occasionally. A lot of the time, we're talking about sort of geeky stuff, but we never really mm-hmm. did much in the way of sort of tabletop related content. Um, it was more. Well, it was the stereotypical. How have I described it before? The stereotypical two white guys talking about pop culture. <laughs> kind of podcast um but i yeah, mean that, a rare niche in the market yeah, yeah yeah i mean there's not enough of them these days really are there um <laughs> but well, um, i have to say I, when when we recorded when we recorded uh i like it almost felt like we'd we'd almost invented the actual play podcast uh <laughs> when, when we did it and then it turns out oh, everybody's got one of those as well yeah they, they do now at least anyway <laughs> um I feel like I see new ones popping up all the time, but that's not a bad thing, you know. The the more people no, doing things, no, absolutely. Um, I, I think I I I often think there's there's enough, you know, there's enough pie to go around. Mm. Um, I, I don't I don't think I lose listeners because there's another better podcast out there. Um, so uh, I, I think people who listen to podcasts listen to listen to lots of them. Yeah, but yeah. It, it was it was in fact a D and D actual play podcast that that got me interested in uh, in in tabletop role playing so oh wow oh, uh, which was a uh, which which was I, I think is an unusual route to get into or certainly was at the time i think i think lots of people cite critical role as a way they get into to D nowadays hmm. but it was the the sans pants radio show D is for nerds okay i haven't actually is, heard of that one uh, i i it, it goes through kind of up and down quality i think it's fair to say from a listener's point of view 
but the the first season is stone cold genius um i i suspect an accident of chemistry makes it sewed but um the adam carl who is a one of the sans pants radio crew who are a a group of stupid podcasters. Mm. Uh, they do they do a range of things. Plumbing the Death Star, I think, is the first of theirs I'm across. Okay. In which they take a pop culture question and squeeze all of the sense out of it. <laughs> um, uh, and, yeah, uh, they. Uh, I think somebody on another podcast I listened to had said that they'd been part of, record- that they'd been part of a recording session uh, for a season that was called D&Ds for James, mm. which was heavily inspired by Moby Dick. And went every bit as well as you can imagine, <laughs> um, but uh, so I, I, I thought hmm, that's fun. I, I was at the time doing some quite long hours commissioning a soft drinks factory, uh, which I was a lot of sitting around waiting for them to find out what the problem was that was nothing to do with yeah. my, my bit of it. So there was a lot of sitting around waiting, and so past listening became a kind of essential part of staying sane. Mm. And I found D and D's for nerds, and. Uh, yeah, there was a kind of Adam who is deeply steeped in Dungeons and Dragons since well, since he was a child, which I suspect um, probably because uh, he's younger than I am. Because it turns out everybody is these days. Um, but, <laughs> oh, uh, I definitely I, feel that one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's interesting. Like you say, that you, you got into it through, through listening to a podcast. I mean, I feel like that's becoming more and more of a thing these days. Like you say, mm-hmm. a lot of people cite Critical Role. Back back in the day, I feel like it was more common to sort of. Either, you know, an older sibling would sort of say, here, you know, here's what we're doing. Or you'd stumble across it, you know, a game of that kind of sort of type in like a sort of, what's the term, a friendly local gaming store or, you know, or even in just like a bookshop and say, oh, this looks cool. I'll check it out. But the the internet, the the number of sort of avenues for like seeing long form uh, kind of performances, you know, or performances, long form game recordings has definitely gone up. I mean, I remember when I first kind of started looking at D and D. I mean, the first game I played was Star Wars uh, Saga Edition RPG, but I think mm-hmm. before that, I'd checked out there was a, a series. Um, in fact, it was it was the early acquisitions acquisitions incorporated ones, which were a podcast before they did kind of live shows and that and it had Will Wheaton on it and that, but it was the, it was the guys from Penny Arcade with uh, Chris Perkins yeah. DMing. And that mm-hmm. was basically, it was your options for <laughs> listening to D and D online or whatever was that or a bunch of very low quality YouTube videos of people who really weren't presenting it as a show. They just had a video camera set up in the corner of the room or something, yeah. um, which were basically unwatchable. And that was it. You know, <laughs> is it, we're talking I, long, absolutely. Yeah, we're talking before um, I, Critical I, I, Role or any kind of long form sort of streamed games and things. So it was, yeah, it, the, it just in the last I want to say seven or eight years, the whole thing has really sort of turned around. I would I would say in terms of accessibility through media rather than yeah. So it, it's quite interesting. That's how you got into it. Yeah, I and mean, I definitely when trying to get some clarification on how on earth Detail Modern, which was the first game I picked up, worked. Mm. Um. It, yeah, searching on YouTube videos and then seeing yeah four people sitting around, and it it just yeah it was, you, you, I didn't learn anything about how the games worked from there. Mm. Um, it was it was yeah very difficult to low. That that was definitely my experience as well. Like uh, I think when we started playing, you know, I played Star Wars Saga Edition kind of as a home game for I think we did it for like two years, 
And there was a number of times where I was like, I don't know how to do a certain thing. I need to look it up. And there's nothing. There's nothing anywhere. Mm. You know, <laughs> I think the game was out of print at that point, but that's not the point. You know, there was definitely, yeah. there should have been a community and that. Oh, and if it, if it was this debt, it was, you know, if we're looking at it in 2020 or 2021, there would be 10 to 15 shows, you know, playing that yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of podcasts, definitely some Twitch streamers. Stuff mm. on YouTube, it, yeah. There's a, a there's a wealth out there, and then Facebook groups where you can ask questions and so on. Mm. None of that though when I was doing it. So I was basically sort of bumbling my way through and just sort of making weird rulings here and there. I mean, it was the first game I'd played. It was the first game, you know. And I immediately was in there as the game master as well, pretending I knew what I was doing. So <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, the changing landscape is kind of it's quite interesting. But like, so no, it's it's all a good thing as far as I'm concerned. You know more people um getting into it and and that is is all good um absolutely and i think having a video to watch with with production values and and really good players and and all all makes it so much easier to see Mm. how it works and i um as i say this evening running with with some uh, some people from a, a discord channel and i i've never read the the player's handbook i i it was at christmas that i owned you know, I, I got for Christmas on D&D Beyond, the player's handbook, Monster Manual, and the DM's guide. But before that, I was doing it because I just played it enough, and uh, only then, you know, when, when I was playing it, I only knew how to do that because I'd seen enough episodes of Critical Role and heard enough podcasts to know all these things worked. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's I've sort of I've absorbed fifth ed by osmosis rather <laughs> than sat down and read it. Sort of learning it by context clues, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly that, and and. Partly because a lot of it's on the character sheet, and the rest is you know, roll of twenty leg numbers. Mm. So it's 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 easy, but how riding on horseback works and stuff like that I suddenly realised oh, I've no idea. My players are going to get on horse, and I I don't even have a thing to look it up because it's not in the basic rules. So I, I'm just going to have to make something up. I've been lucky that none of my players have tried to do any kind of mounted combat because I definitely would have to work. That out. I'd have to look that up before doing anything. Yeah, I mean, it, um, it feels like a very weird thing because it is not part of the kind of the the D and D culture to get a horse, and yet mm. the kind of vaguely equivalent medieval period, a horse is is the way people get about. Yeah. So it, it's it's curious that it's not more part of the game. I think maybe because it's a bit fiddly. I haven't really clocked that before, but you're right. There's barely any. I mean, horses are kind of treated as like, okay, we, this is our way we get from town to town, maybe. But really, there's no talk about any, like I say, like there's no jousting, there's no nothing, you know. That's, or, that's or really, even, you know, when, just when you jump how, by bandits on the road. Yeah. It, there's a sort of agreement that everyone gets off their horses. Yeah, it's, it's, everyone's before on foot. start. <laughs> God, wow, that, that's actually really, wow, that, yeah. I'm going to have to look up yeah. some rules, I think, because that's, that's an... That seems like a not an oversight. It's just an odd thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it, they are in there because I, I read them quite recently. Although I can't remember what they were. Uh, I think essentially horses move faster, and um, when you target a rider, you target either the horse or the or the rider. Okay. In combat, but I can't remember whether you get any advantage for being on back. Hmm. Which I feel like you definitely should. Otherwise, cavalry wouldn't have been such a thing. We'll, we'll do a we'll do a one shot where it's like all mounted combat all the time. <laughs> Every nobody's allowed off their horse at, at any point during the one shot. Absolutely, yeah. 
If you, you get all the horse, you die. Yeah. <laughs> the floor is lava, but the horses are immune to the lava. Ex- some kind of adamantum uh, uh, horseshoes. Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I feel like we, I maybe need to put a bit more thought into it than that, but yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, to circle back then, so um, you um, you said you sort of started, you picked up D twenty Future as your as your first, or was it D twenty Modern? You said as your, as your first uh, D twenty Modern, where, where D twenty Future is essentially a supplement for D twenty Modern. Mm. Um, so was that? How, did you did you play that for long before you sort of went into the podcasting thing, or was this you know did you have much of a gaming history before you, you, your current group decided to start podcasting, or was this uh, quite a quick development? almost none at all. So I kind of vaguely aware of Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons and role playing culture, but very Mm. vaguely uh, through mostly playing card games and and in fact war gaming at a friendly low gaming store, uh, which wasn't probably still is fanboy three in the of Manchester, which is a a great place. And uh, the the owner allowed me to store my substantial twenty millimeter science fiction games army uh, in his basement just because I ran games there every now and again. Nice. <laughs> um, he was incredibly nice, and it was good, because I lived in a small house that didn't have room for my large Stargrunt army. Um, <laughs> I said, armies, uh, I have a few. Um, I, I, I live in a bigger house now, and I, I've, I've taken them back. Uh, but, yeah, so I was vaguely aware of of gaming, but my, my brother was up for the weekend and offered to run some D20 Modern, knowing that I'm more into fiction than I'm into, uh, than I am into fantasy. I, I think that that's why he suggested it, but it, it's a game he had. Uh, and he ran it ran us with myself and some friends, and I had a lovely time. and thought this is a thing I'm going to do, and I rushed out a book, um, and then just on a shelf. And then many later, when I the first time I started suffering from insomnia, I thought, well, I might as well use this time because mm. I'm I'm not sleeping. And so I read through, uh, and having having read through D20 Modern, thought, yeah, I reckon I can do this. And I I must confess that was searching for anyone to explain on the internet a few things that I simply couldn't make sense of that, that in the end I was my brother probably could explain and he did uh, the, the competition to be able to, to it and then yeah invited some friends round whom was also an enthusiastic Dis for Nerds fan it turns out uh, and a couple of other friends and we, we played the first session of what turned into the first campaign of the Dis Future show mm. so it was I, I think I'd run Maybe two sessions before we started podcasting them. So, so really, Which, for, other than the game your brother ran you sort of earlier on, then it was quite a quick transition from starting to role play absolutely. to yeah to to re- recording. Then that's to putting it yeah. out, which which may show staggering arrogance. Now I look <laughs> back on it. Well, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think, like you said, you you know, you're into podcast anyway, you know. So yeah, um, I don't think it's the arrogance I, thing. I think it's it's just you know. The the well, I don't the bar to entry is very the, low for podcasts. Yeah, in that you need to be vaguely tech savvy enough to follow some instructions on the internet. Um, it's you know the, the audio stuff is kind of the most difficult bit. Mm. Uh, I already had a bit of experience with that as a sort of you know having recorded some music stuff. So I had bits of knowledge about it, and I am now a, a significantly better editor than I was back then. I've had to learn. Yeah. Um, uh, fortunately, I'm, a lot of people seem to use Audacity, which uh, is a wonderful piece of software, but it's not one I would want to edit in. Oh god, I, yeah, I, I, I would have, I would have a nervous breakdown if I had to use Audacity for the kind of stuff I'm doing. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm so used to using Cubase because I've had it since I was. Um, well, I've had it for music recording personally mm-hmm. for quite a long time, but it was what I learned doing all kind of audio work on way back when I was doing my A levels, and so I'm just kind of used to the format now. So, it, I mean, I've, I've looked at Audacity a couple of times, and it just. It sounds kind of snobbish, really, but it looks like such a downgrade from what I'm used to that I don't know if I'll be able to handle it, sort of thing. Well, I mean, I, I also use Cubase, mm. um, and so using any other piece of software seems pretty alien, but uh, we used to, because of the, the laptop I recorded on, we used to record on Audacity, and I would import them to my PC, which mm. has Cubase on, and, and edit in that. So I, I kind of I have used both, but I, I don't have the editing chops for Audacity. Uh, which I'm told is is radio industry standard. That's that's what people use, uh, which continues to amaze me. Um, but Cubase has has sorry, not Cubase. Audacity has some good things. One of which is noise reduction uh, or is noise reduction plugin. Which I haven't found it's equal anywhere else. It's it's really superb. Mm. You select a section of the noise and then clean it up. And every interview you've ever heard that I've recorded at a, at a convention has been cleaned up in in audacity before i've brought it into cubase because i just can't find a plugin that does the same job i was gonna say i mean i think i first met you doing um this would have been oh when would it have been it wasn't it was a year before it would have been 2018 probably a dragon meet yeah that would have been my first dragon meet and there was a lot of background noise in that hall (laughs) that's all i can remember so yes yeah um like brutally difficult but i and I think there's still some on on the uh, on the recordings that I put out, but but mm. it's it's a noisy hall uh, because it's it's a relatively small, full of people all talking. Yeah, um, not not entirely filled with podcasters interviewing the podcasters, although it's a little <laughs> bit that way. A little bit. You you had um, quite a convenient sort of um, mobile setup, if I remember right. Well, actually, I just sort of followed Callum round. Uh, Callum, uh, uh, who. It, is almost entirely responsible for my uh, kind of presence within the UK RPG podcasting scene, such as uh, contact on Twitter, sort of out of the book as far as and, uh, I, I listened to a few of the Rolly podcasts. Kind of, I was uh, vaguely aware of him, but he said, mm. hey, come be part of the pod zone at Dragon Meet. I'm um, will happen. Uh, and I, I said, yes, the grounds was a frickit to a thing that sounded fun. <laughs> um, as ever with these things, quite an expensive free kitten that I had to pay for my hotel. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's travel and everything. There's literally no way I could wait anywhere else to pay for that for what I wouldn't put. Um, and then Callum was like, right, I'm going to introduce you to a person. And dragged me to the next person, banged a mic in front of me and watched the interview. Mm. Um, it was uh, a bit intense, but I got lots of interviews recorded that, that year. Um, but since which time, I've, uh, I've got a, a, a little handy stuff that, plugs into an iPhone or, a, or an iPad, mm. is, which is pretty good. Um, but I'm, I'm significantly cheaper than buying a, a TAM box like uh, like had. Yeah, I think I'm still quite a ways away from being able to do any Atacon recordings. I mean, I'm so, yeah, I'm so kind of... I'm used to my home setup so much, I think is what it mm-hmm. is. And I've never been a laptop guy. I've never... I'm not a tablet owner, really. Uh, I've got a Kindle that I never use, and that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it would. Yeah, I'm. I've, I, I'm surrounded by cables, is what I'm trying to say. And <laughs> the idea of <laughs> looking even a fraction of that up to up to London to uh, on my own on a train is uh, is more than I can stomach. So my hats off to you there. <laughs> 
for for yeah you know. and i i definitely i i th- i have thought about laptops enough because the gear i have is is significantly better than my my sort of portable interview kit but it just doesn't make any sense mm. um I've, I've i've always got slightly more stuff than you need anyway so w- why add on top of that a laptop and an interface and microphones and yeah so yeah, yeah so i have a, a little uh, lavella microphone uh kit with those into a box that plugs into an iPhone, and it's uh, it's it's pretty good. Mm. Mm. With an eye to sort of um, bringing this uh, t- towards a landing, uh, what have you got coming up sure. um, that you would like to uh, sort of plug for listeners? If you if you've got stuff that you've uh, announced yet, I don't want to put you on the spot for an exclusive or anything. But what's co- what's coming up soon for the D twenty feature show? No, that's that's fine. So uh, we are. Um, as far as the podcast, we are continuing. A podcast listener will notice, hopefully, join. Uh, we are continuing our superhero adventure. So we have a session. We have a lost session that we need to um, sort of try and fill in, uh, which will work on audio, I'm not sure. Uh, but we, we lost the best sound session we've ever recorded, both from content ah. and from sound quality. Uh, my, my wife, who is a, a vocal coach, had bought some soundproofing. With which we we uh, some portable proofing we put up in the room where we record, and it sounded so good. Mm. Um, so uh, the fact that I thought I'd got an export of that and then deleted the source files uh, haunts me to this day. Um, well, there's only so much of my wife's work laptop that I feel I can cup with these files. <laughs> but particularly when I know I've mixed down the audio correctly, but what I did was I mixed down uh, three sunt tracks, so we we have nothing, um, which is. As, as you can tell, I'm totally over it, and it's totally fine. Uh, so we're, we're going to re- sort of reconstruct and recap what happened on that, uh, but otherwise there will be no join. Uh, mm. But we've been live streaming on Twitch, uh, as I said, and Facebook and YouTube. Our uh, kind of Tuesday, every other Tuesday night uh, at half past six GMT, we've played a few. Um, if, if basically whenever it isn't available, we've played a few silly games. We which include. Uh, sexy Battle Wizards, which is rapidly approaching my second favourite game after Jason Statham's Big Vacation. <laughs> um, it, it is, it's just tremendous stuff. Uh, it always gives you a, an exciting, interesting and completely speed story mm. um, with with the absolute implication that at least one of your players will attempt to solve a problem by deducing somebody. It's sort of leaked <laughs> into the rules. It's quite, yeah, it's kind uh, of, it's even in the title of the game really, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is, it is. And you, your three stats are sexy and wizard. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> Just great. Uh, so we, we've been playing that that sort of thing, um, which all are available uh, as our, um, or which some of is available on our YouTube channel. Uh, but everything going forward will be. Um, you can also catch that live on Twitch. Uh, but I'm going to go back to having taken a, a slightly, I think almost a year break um, from that while we played D and D, which I recorded, but. Um, I recorded, but I'm not going to put out because I'm not not happy with the quality, and it, it's a sort of monolith that's staring at me. So unless we absolutely run out of audio to put out, uh, that will uh, that will sit in the vaults. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're, we're returning to our superhero campaign, and if and when that concludes, uh, I have a kind of at least an end of season uh, f- kind of moment. The the big bad guy, whoever he mysterious is, is he the mysterious billionaire? Is he someone else? He's the most tech billionaire. Uh, when the villain is defeated and his plan is unfolded, uh, there's going to be a sort of tea for the next season. Um, and then we were going to play 
the Expanse RPG for uh, as long as it takes to work through Abzu's Bounty, which is uh, the, the only published campaign for it. Mm. A lot to look forward to then. Yeah, so we, we've got, got it mapped out. Uh, and then I think we might play some D&D to uh, satisfy the uh, uh, fancy people in our group, whether that's a, a homebrew pay or I, uh, I have, as I say, Storm King's Thunder, which I'm getting to know as a few group. Mm. Uh, but also I got Waterdeep and Heist on D Beyond for for Christmas, so... Nice. Yeah, I haven't Maybe actually... Maybe one of those. I've got the book of that. I haven't really properly gone through it to sort of... Well, what I tend to do is buy, other, buy the published adventures going, yeah, this looks cool, never run them, and occasionally get around to stripping cool items or, like... Mm-hmm. occasional sort of like oh that was, that's kind of cool in concept how can I take that one bit and maybe tweak it to fit our setting or something yeah which really is a kind of waste of money buying an adventure book and not running the adventure but that's yeah but it definitely <laughs> I have a problem is. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I, I actually I only bought Storm Kings though because I I sort of wanted to know how other people wrote adventures and campaigns mm. and without you know, I, I, you can watch them unfold, but unless you, you see what they're working from, you, you can't really know. And I, I sort of, yeah, I, I wanted some help with that. I had enough uh, enough hotel points from Hilton, enough Hilton points because of, of, of work, mm. that I was able to buy it on Amazon just using points. Oh, so I, I bought then. that. So it, it was, in fact, free. Uh, which, um, definitely felt like the right of price to pay for a book I wasn't sure I was going <laughs> to yeah. use. Can't argue with free, but I'm now I'm now running tubes on alternating Friday nights through it uh, with my own game, Fantasy Adventure, with a bunch of teenagers. Because um, Fantasy Adventure is significantly simpler than D and D to run. Mm. Um, but also, as I say, running on uh, in fact in not very long time, uh, running uh, with with some guys on Discord who I found during lockdown or during lockdown one. That's just, uh, who who was trying, I thought, well, I have this this adventure, so I thought I'd try it. Mm. Um, mm. It's a it's a chunky beast. There's a lot in there, and um, but it's kept us going a very long time, and uh, we are, you know, no means halfway through it. There's a, a lot of content there. We also are running a series of interviews. Every other week, put out an actual play episode, and alternate weeks we have a lockdown interview series, which AJ has taken part in. Mm. Which are they're just I'm really lucky to find just a wonderful collection of people to let me know how lockdown has affected their uh, role playing game kind of experience. Uh, we've had some fantastic interviews, including uh, Chris Prane from Greenin. Uh, I've had half of uh, the Smart Party podcast, and at some point I'll track down the other half. Um, I, AJ, I'm hoping to catch Fiona from uh, What Am I Rolling at some point, uh, the uh, Hannah from Dragon Wings. So a, a really wonderful collection of people letting me know how lockdown has affected gaming because I think it's it's really interesting. Mm. Uh, and um, yeah, okay. So um, it, to bring this to a close, then where uh, where can people find you online? Okay, well we are we're obviously we're primarily a podcast, which you can find on all of the post platforms. Um, I think if you find a podcast platform you can't find us on, please know, and I'll work out how to make it happen. Uh, we are, um, I think, probably most active as a Twitter handle. So at D Twenty Future Show, I, I love Twitter, and uh, D Twenty Future Show is the sort of role playing Twitter bit of, me, uh, and that's that's great, and I love it. Uh, do say I have a Twitter channel, which is D Twenty Future Show, uh, where, as I say, we stream every other week on a. Uh, a Tuesday at half past six. 
We are available on YouTube. If you search for YouTube, just like if you search on Facebook for D20 Future, you'll find there. Um, although uh, our Facebook is, I sort of feel I should have it, but I'm not entirely sure uh, how successful that is. Mm, same. Um, I think, and and yeah, I think that's, I really should be slicker at, but I think that's all the places <laughs> you can find us. So that's podcast platforms on Twitter at D20 Future Show, on Twitch, D20 Future Show. And, uh, yeah, on, on Facebook, YouTube, and like. Awesome. All right. So, yeah, I mean, that that's uh, something all of our listeners should go check out your show. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, be sure to check out that VOD on the YouTube channel of uh, us playing Jason Statham's because that, that was a real highlight of um, my gaming in, uh, in 2020. Um, uh, as far as us, uh, as always, we're available on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of which we're at Pretend With Dice. Uh, for those who are inclined, you can find us on Kofi or Kofi, I, I don't know, uh, at uh, ko-fi.com slash pretendingwithdice. And finally, we'd love for you all to join us on our Discord server, the links to which are in our Twitter bio and on the contact page of our Podbean site. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks so much for joining me, Richard. This has been a real fun discussion. Um, a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I think um, as usual, I'm terrible at ending a podcast episode, so we'll just <laughs> we'll just call that <laughs> the end. I think. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me.